Hey everyone, this is Mike, and uh, today I have John Davies on from Cinema Obscura, where last time we talked a little bit about uh, Star Wars Rebels. Or, I'm sorry, well, that's what we're talking about today is Star Wars Rebels, was last time we talked about Star Wars The Clone Wars, but now we're following up with its pretty much its sequel, its much shorter sequel, uh, Star Wars Rebels, the uh, Star Wars cartoon from Dave Filoni, the... Uh, one of the executive producers of The Mandalorian, who's basically Star Wars janitor, cleaning up the horrible writing mess from George Lucas of the prequels, and is now, with The Mandalorian in some ways, cleaning up the horrible writing mess of the sequel trilogy. Uh, if you haven't seen Star Wars Rebels, please check it out, and we have a great conversation about it, where, of course, we veer off topic and kind of talk about everything Star Wars, including the you know, a uh, new slew of television shows that they have announced, and why we're a little worried about all these Star Wars television shows happening at the same time. Reminds me of, you know, them trying to rush something out the door before they should try to develop it. Mm, when was the last time they did that? I can't, oh, boy. Oh, my God. Anyways, I'd like to thank my uh, sponsor, Galway Bay, located at uh, 500 West Diversity Parkway. That particular detail doesn't matter right now since it's the middle of a pandemic and nobody can go to a bar. But you can help Galway Bay out by going on... On their dual drinkware website where you can buy coasters and mugs t-shirts i mean i think i've said this a million times but i got one of the, a few of their coasters sitting right next to me right now can i prove that yes i can go on my instagram page you'll see me drinking my mandalorian yeti on my galway bay coaster with my galway bay glass right next to me and trust me i have a lot of those glasses they're pretty nice so why not go get them anyways i've been blabbering on long enough how about we start this episode now thank you very much your parents must be worried sick i don't have parents the force is strong with you ezra come with us learn what it truly means to be a jedi hello everybody and welcome to you'll probably agree uh today i have from cinema obscura mr john davies on and we are talking about uh we talked about the clone wars and now as well this episode's gonna air like literally on the day that the finale of mandalorian's coming out and while I was watching Mandalorian, I'm like, you know, this is in Rebels. That was in Rebels, as well as Clone Wars. And kind of bridging the gap between Clone Wars and Rebels. We are Clone War. Yeah. <laughs> between Clone Wars, Rebels, and Mandalorian, we're talking about Rebels. Because I never got to uh, cover this show. And uh, I, I watched it, like, immediately after I finished Clone Wars. Uh, there's definitely some things I really enjoyed about it. I like how it kind of hits the ground running it wasn't like uh the clone wars where the first season was just a bunch of bullshit filler like the first episode i think was about yoda and a bunch of tanks and really it didn't matter at all about anything with rebels it went straight into the inquisitors hunting down the jedi the introduction of ezra bridger it really hit the ground running with a lot of filler episodes in between with, you know, like sneaking into an Imperial base, you know, which is something the Mandalorian has already done for like three friggin' episodes this season. But uh, having said that, uh, John, I, I think you said something to me like uh, that uh, you liked Clone Wars more than Rebels. Am I right? I did. 
I did. How you doing, Mike? By the way. Okay. Good. Good. Yes, good, good. Good Thursday to you. Yes. Good Thursday. Doing, Almost doing a throwback. Throwback Thursday. Hitting the Clone Wars and the Rebels before we get into the new material, the Mandalorian tomorrow. Yes. Exactly. Oh man. man. Good stuff. I'm excited. I'm excited I'm and uh, also very deflated after last week <laughs> with Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, in answer to your question, I did like uh, the Clone Wars a little bit better, just because it focuses on Anakin and Obi Wan, um, where where Rebels comes in and just gives you a whole slew of brand new characters, which is amazing. And thank you, Filoni, again for knowing <laughs> what we wanted before we even knew what we wanted. Yes. Yes, uh, Dave Filoni is great because he is like I, I always use this euphemism on Ian Simmons' show. Uh, what if he doesn't survive? Which is our, our weekly live uh, Mandalorian podcast that we he also does on uh, YouTube. Uh, not we, it's his. This is under kickingtheseat.com, or I should say kickseat.com. And I always say that Dave Filoni is Star Wars's janitor, where he comes in with the Clone Wars and, you know, George Lucas wrote, I'm sorry, but the prequels still suck. You know, the, the, the episode one was like a silly little kids film. That's kind of watchable. Episode two is completely boring. <laughs> and episode three has its Don't moments. You dare say bad things about episode three. Uh, but a lot <laughs> of that drama is flushed down the fucking toilet through Hayden Christensen's It's a lot of, it's a lot of acting. It yeah. <laughs> You got a Anakin, of, or you got you got Anakin hanging out in a field with Padme when Obi Wan's risking his life at Camino. It's like, come on, what do you guys, what, what, what? Yeah, <laughs> like it's supposed to be a love story where uh, Padme knew him when he was like a little kid. It's just kind of like kind of creepy, borderline rapey in a way. But eh, whatever. And of course, the dialogue, which George Lucas actually defended the dialogue recently. If I if I were to correct, I gotta pull this shit up. Actually, he um, he said we didn't understand the dialogue in the Phantom Menace. Are you fucking serious? Which it's like, whatever, dude. Like you wrote it. It's yeah. your fault we didn't understand it. You didn't explain anything again. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, here's what he said. George Lucas, critics of Star Wars prequels don't understand the franchise. Motherfucker, we do understand it. It went to a popular realm beyond what you wrote, okay? And Francis Ford Coppola had to ghost write uh, A New Hope or really Star Wars. Uh, But, of course, uh, we don't talk about that, do we, George? (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, yeah, sorry. You, you, you're, you're shitty. George Lucas is wonderful at writing and building worlds and characters, but he's terrible at creating a screenplay. Yeah. Uh, and that's where, where, where Filoni said, you said he comes in as the janitor cleaning up. And that's exactly, exactly. what he did. He cleans cleaned up, up a huge mess. <laughs> a huge mess where we actually Six. borderline started to, I remember because I watched the Clone Wars. I'm like, you know what? Episode three wasn't that bad of a movie. And then I turned on episode three and immediately when Hayden Christensen just started saying his dialogue, like, no, it's because I'm so in love with you. I'm like, I take it back. Oh God, this movie has this amazing moments, but immediately when people talk, I'm out of it. Yeah. So sorry. And it it honestly surprises me that people are freaking out so much that he's coming back as Vader. Yeah. What, why, why do you care? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, nostalgia I, I, I i'm sorry hayden but you're not the best actor that's why <laughs> but, i quit 
<laughs> oh, but I don't know. Maybe he'll get some better lines to read. And maybe he's been watching these shows and has a better feel for his character. Who knows? I don't know. I, I said, like, I think I wrote on Facebook, as long as he's in the Darth Vader suit and James Earl Jones does his dialogue or someone who sounds like James Earl Jones, because James Earl Jones sounds kind of old now. If you watched uh, Rogue One, yeah. where, like, it's like, huh, now I can believe Darth Vader having trouble breathing. Like, uh, be careful not to choke on your aspirations, director. <laughs> you, you know, it's okay if you get a sound alike. Uh, but yeah, everyone's kind of like, look, I have nothing against Hayden Christensen. He, you know, he got a lot of shit for playing the role. And yeah, partially uh, part of that is because of George Lucas shitty dialogue that apparently I guess people don't know the franchise, understand the franchise. <laughs> sure. Okay, George, I'm sorry. You can't handle criticism, although you're a filmmaker. Uh, but that still, hey, Christensen, you know what? He was given bad dialogue as well as everyone else, but they still made it most like Ewan McGregor made it work. You yeah. know, Natalie Portman to a certain extent made it work. Uh, Ian McDermott was actually given good dialogue and he was amazing. Uh, but yeah, you had Filoni come in. He wrote the Clone Wars and actually after the, you know, boring filler first season really got us invested in it. You know, he took Darth Maul, who was killed off much like how George Lucas killed off uh, uh, Boba Fett like a joke and, you know, gave this, him this amazing backstory, bringing him back to life. And then he kind of introduced all these other characters, Ventress, Ahsoka Tano, that everyone hated at first, but Filoni intentionally made her unlikable so then we would like her later by seeing her flaws up front. And now he has, as you said, this new cast of amazing characters. You have Ezra Bridger. Uh, you have uh, Caden Jarrus, by, played by Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, you have uh, Zeb. Oh, God, Zeb's amazing. I fucking love Zeb. You have Sabine. Uh, Rex and the Clones come back. Agent Callus, which I didn't know this until I read it up. Oh, man. David Oyelowo played him. Yeah. I had no idea. I love Callus. Yeah. I can't wait to see him in The Mandalorian. I know he's there. He's got to oh, be man. there. Is he still going to be rocking the sideburns? Yeah, he has to. <laughs> if Sabine's got crazy hair, he's got his sideburns. Yeah, exactly. Maybe man. we'll find out all of these things tomorrow. Who knows? Twi'leks are hot. <laughs> uh, fucking, and then we got the uh, Inquisitors, uh, played by Jason Isaacs. They bring in Darth Maul gapping the bridge between the Clone Wars and Rebels with Sam Whittier, who did an amazing job. Ian McDermott returned as uh, Emperor Palpatine. James Earl Jones came back to voice Darth Vader in a few episodes, mm -hmm. and there's a great fight between him and Ahsoka there. Uh, we're going to get straight into spoilers, by the way. Yeah. If you oh, want to yeah. just check out the show, uh, just don't listen to this. Just go see Rebels and then the, come the back and check casting. this out. The voice casting for Rebels is off the charts. Fucking great. You know, yeah, Frank Taylor Oz, Gray is Ezra. Yeah. Forrest Whitaker comes back. Anthony Daniels, Lars Mikkelsen, Brent Spiner, Warwick Davis. Yeah. I mean. We get, we get all of them. In. It's, it's, Billy it's really amazing. James Earl doing their original voices. Phil Lamar doing Bale Organ. And I swear to God, I thought it was Jimmy Smith. It yeah. Sounded, it sounds just like him, but of course, it's the consummate professional Phil Lamar. Yeah, I mean, it's so oh funny because I remember Phil Lamar as that guy from Mad TV. Yep. And he's the voice actor in like fucking everything. He's vamping he, Metal Gear Solid. He's yeah. in like every video game you've ever played, every cartoon you've ever seen. 
It's like Phil Lamar's in there. The guy has an amazing voice. And he looks like the fucking same today as he did like back in the 90s. Right? Black how, how, really he, how, does how does Black that happen? Because Black don't crack, man. <laughs> I, that's probably it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, just an amazing cast. And then, uh, so... Um, if you if you were like to tell audiences how to how to watch the show, could you could you advise? Oh, you could see Rebels before you see Clone Wars, and then go back to Clone Wars, or which order would you tell them to see it in? No, I would say you have to watch the entirety of Clone Wars to start this one. Yeah, they they created four seasons of Rebels before the ending of the Clone Wars, but Rebels actually takes place after. So the, I mean, the, the timeline in our and our universe is all kinds of messed up. So you do have to, <laughs> you do kind of have to watch the Clone Wars through its entirety. And oh my God, the payoff of that is amazing. And then uh, start up Rebels. So it, it, otherwise, you're just going to be like the, the timeline is going to be all kinds of jumbled. Yeah. I, what I really appreciated was uh, how Rebels really complements the clone wars by bringing back a lot of characters one wonderful thing that they did with the clone wars was that we weren't emotionally invested in the clone wars with uh, the prequels because it's just a bunch of random clones made from Django fett fighting yeah. a bunch of dumb robots like none of this shit matters so in swoops dave filoni gives the clones personalities although they're all the same people right and the clones have accelerated lifespans, hence why they're all dead and Boba Fett's the only remaining clone alive. Uh, oops, spoilers uh, <laughs> for uh, Mandalorian. And we see the clones, the very few remaining clones in Rebels. And it's just this group of guys who are kind of these grizzled but very likable funny charming war vets you know they, they 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 although they're clones like some have beards others have shaved heads they have these distinct personalities and it's like a reintroduction to an old friend it's great seeing them they come back they bring back ahsoka tano who's older a little wiser a little more cynical Probably because of how the Jedi Order just completely fucked her over. Yeah, and, that, and you're not you're not going to understand that in context if you don't watch the Clone Wars first. Exactly, you and, absolutely have to learn understand like why she is where she is and where she's coming from when she's when she joins the Rebels. Spoiler: She joins the Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it is Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> I, I now I now I just realized because they brought back Ahsoka Tano and and we're gonna spoil Mandalorian as well. They brought back Ahsoka in Mandalorian and they uh, announced Star Wars Ahsoka Tano. And if they announced Hayden Christensen returning for Obi Wan Kenobi show, uh, maybe Ahsoka, maybe Hayden Christensen is gonna be in the Ahsoka Tano show. Maybe they'll have some episodes that flash back in time oh i'm sure they will hayden looks kind of the same today as he did back then i think all those years after quitting walking away from the fan backlash has done him well and hayden we love you i don't think you're the greatest actor i know you're giving bad dialogue but still you did a worse job than most of the rest of the cast but still we, we still love you. I'm, I'm sorry you got so much shit. I feel really bad for Jake Lloyd, though. I mean, that was a nine-year-old kid. You know, going after a nine-year-old kid is just a 
fucking pussy move to do to somebody. That, that, that absolutely wasn't fair. Yeah. It was not fair for that kid. Yeah. Um, so then how do you, how did you uh, discover the show? Like, did you watch it before it aired or, or while it was on, I think Cartoon Network was it or the Disney Channel? And- it was a Cartoon Network show. I didn't see it until a, a, just about a year ago, actually. Yeah. Before, before the last season of uh, the Clone Wars came out, I heard about it and I, you know, I was just bored at work looking for something to, to watch. As a doorman, I was sitting there for eight hours and literally had to figure out something to do for that time. <laughs> so that's most of our to the jobs. Disney Channel and or to Disney Plus and uh, you know this show in the Clone Wars got me through a lot of long nights at that job. Yeah, I think a lot of people who have desk jobs, for instance, I bet they're kind of secretly like streaming Netflix and yeah. Disney. Well, it's a, you know? we don't work at work. We're not going to work at work. We don't watch shows at work. We yeah, shop on like, eBay and Amazon. Yeah, Last thing it. we're interested in doing is working hey, you don't want to ask for more work because you ask for more work oh they'll give it to you and then yeah, you'll add, you'll you'll wish they didn't <laughs> uh but it's funny yeah it's uh i i streamed it all at once i think i discovered rebels because you mentioned it to me while we were talking about clone wars and i think you you know you said like yeah i like it better and then I, I remember when I finished Clone Wars, I'm like, do I really want to watch another show? Because I the Clone Wars is like a hundred some episodes, mm-hmm. and it had some of the most gripping drama on Star Wars uh, in those last three episodes. Uh, and then when I watched Rebels, yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic uh, with its usual flaws and caveats. Because again, it's still a kids show and it very much shows that it's a kids show. Star Wars is made for children. Yes, Star Wars does have elements that aren't for children, such as trade disputes and politics and (laughs) murder. Yeah, murdering children (laughs) in a children's show and burning men alive. But overall, it's a kids show. Uh, or not just a show, it's a kid's franchise. It was made for 12-year-olds. Uh, and where The Mandalorian is something that it's made for adults who grew up with Star Wars, but it's still marketed to children as well. Yeah. Where Rebels, I'd say that's entirely for kids. And sometimes it's a little much because there's so many episodes where just like season two of the Mandalorian, we're going into an Imperial base and we're getting into a shootout, you know, and before the shootout, everybody is disguised as a stormtrooper, and they're kind of just reenacting the events from a new hope where they go into the death star and they do that over and over and over yeah. again. <laughs> but then outside of those episodes, you have some really fantastic character development where we're actually building the world of the mandalores yeah through uh is it sabine yeah through sabine and of course bo katan uh i think she makes uh uh an appearance there because she has a a connection to sabine and you kind of get a get to know a little more about that dark saber that grand moff tarkin's waving around or not grand moff tarkin although he is on the show yeah grand moff gideon is uh waving around in that show and i i really appreciated that so it's got a little bit of, of its yin and yang so uh, what would you think were the show's uh greatest strengths and weaknesses for rebels yeah. oh man it, the strengths are just the the new characters that they throw at us yeah 
Absolutely. We you know, really they give, they give us and they, they do the same thing that they do with every Star Wars character. And they don't really give us a backstory and we don't really need a backstory. They're just like, here's this person. Here's mm -hmm. what they are. Watch them change. And that yeah. I love that about it. And that's throughout like every cast member. Like you see, you know, every every cast member member just evolves one way or the other. Ezra, especially, obviously, it's his show, but everybody around him changes yeah. because of him, probably. Yeah. And as <clears throat> and the and I would say the music and the sound design also. It's it's always awesome to hear John Williams and some pew pew pews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Star a lot Wars of pew pew pews. pews. Yeah, I love it. I love Ezra's uh, lightsaber, for instance, because it's a mixture of a blaster and a lightsaber. That was a crazy idea. I don't I don't know. I honestly don't know if I love that at first, but the more I think about it, it's like that's kind of awesome because yeah. he is a kid. You know, it's yeah. like what would a kid that doesn't really know anything besides. You know, he didn't know anything about a lightsaber. He's like, oh, let's just attach this thing to my gun. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you think, although a Jedi would never use a a, a a blaster, you know, he's a young kid. He's still, I, I yeah, I'm really kind of gambling what, who our hidden Jedi is going to be, uh, who we're going to find out who it is tonight or tomorrow night, I should say. Uh, it's a toss-up between uh, us, uh, uh Mace Windu and Ezra Bridger. If they throw in Luke Skywalker with, you know, Sebastian Stan playing him, that's going to be so stupid. Just enough of the Skywalkers. We're, we're tired of the Skywalkers. <laughs> at this I'm, I'm personally hoping for the introduction of Mace in tomorrow's episode. Yes. And yeah. the introduction of Thrawn. And yes. And the rest of the series, or at least season three, is going to be those two. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and there are groups of people going against each other. I know how quickly my hopes will be dashed away immediately when I look at the episode length. When I start the show, when I look at that time code, I'll be like 43 minutes. Fuck! You know, yeah. but... Well, but that episode is really short, but it was really good. It was. We <laughs> did a Rodriguez directed episode. That was fantastic. That's one thing I love about The Mandalorian is that they... You, you always think, okay, there's all this filler. They've forgotten about stuff. They wasted my time, you know, because we had that little cameo from Boba Fett. And then we never saw him again. And we're like, wait, what the hell? That's it? But he comes back, baby. Yeah. And he comes back big. And it's like we almost forget about these things. And then, boom, there they are. I mean, the way they introduce Ahsoka is great. Because we're going, yeah, I think Ahsoka's coming up because they said, because, you know, Bo-Katan said to visit her and you're expecting her to come at the end of the episode. No, boom, right at the beginning of the episode, yeah. she just starts tearing ass and she just shows up right away. And it was and, brilliant. And that's something that I think that Filoni and the rest of his crew have like learned from the Clone Wars and then this show, The Rebels, that we're talking about. Like yeah. He knows what we want. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's not, he's not going to pull. I mean, he's going to pull a few punches, you know, that there's, I don't know, maybe five or six episodes so far of this short <laughs> Mandalorian season that could be literally thrown away. But anyway, the action that he gives us is just over the top and amazing. And it, you know, forgiveness, <laughs> he's forgiven for all the BS. I'll, I'll put it that way. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> well, we'll see. We'll see after tonight. Uh, because you never know. As a Star Wars fan, I've just kind of grown to be cynical, <laughs> you know, uh, after the prequels and all that stuff. We've just learned not to get our hopes up too high, especially after the the sequel movies. Yeah, like our my hopes were really high 
for for those three movies and to have them dashed <laughs> and smashed to the ground as much as they were were they were they smashed to the ground after force awakens or last jedi last jedi yeah my that movie my, is just a huge huge waste of time in my opinion yes it is you know and i have critics who who always make fun of me for hating on that movie and talking shit about it. I'm like, no, this was a movie made by someone who fundamentally didn't understand Star Wars and thought the best way to make something different was to uh, make something that was semi-insulting to the fans. Mm -hmm. I mean, my hopes were dashed away as soon as Luke Skywalker threw the lightsaber over his head. A moment that I've been waiting for for maybe 30 years got turned into a fucking punchline yeah and it was you know after that it, there's a term for the humor that they use in uh, in this movie and it's called bathos and bathos is essentially when you place a joke within a dramatic scene to throw the audience off so you know let's say someone dies of cancer on a bed and then someone in the room farts that's bathos and the movie is loaded with it and it completely yanks us out of it and i get you want to subvert expectations but there's a clever way to do it where you respect the audience's intelligence and you respect the material and you don't treat it like a fucking joke and yeah i get it star wars it's made for kids it's okay to be a joke yeah well guess what People grew up with that. And even in the original trilogy, they never had humor like that. Yeah, not not for two hours. Like no. a, a 20 minutes, sure. You know, but to drag that bathos, that silliness out for two, like, oh my goodness, come on. Yeah. It made <clears throat> the, the humor in uh in, in the Marvel movies look quaint, quite honestly. Because even in those big dramatic scenes, they didn't they didn't put in stupid. Well, they did put in stupid jokes, but oh, they totally. But th I mean, those are comic books. That's what you yeah, expect. They're comic books. Star Wars is a little different. Yeah, or so we thought. Yeah, but then apparently. it's the same company handling both <laughs> franchises. So yeah, well, yeah, you well, can. Yeah, okay, well, you can see the hands of Kathleen Kennedy and the Disney shareholders controlling those sequels where they just needed to get it out the door. And it's just so f strange because absolutely rushed. Yeah. Because you would think they'd want to take their time with this. And you know, you had 30 some years and you just fucking write it, like just get it through the door. Really? Yeah, they could have come out with these star Wars shows that are developing now back then and they did they didn't do it yeah uh, I honestly, know when, when when the force awakens was getting ready to be released i honestly like an idiot thought that they had thought through the entire trilogy and were like this is connected to this this is going to connect to this this is going to connect to this and then after the four like halfway through the force awakens they just threw out that idea and we're just like eh, you know what we're just going to run along on our own yeah. Give you some stuff that you've seen already 500 times, the Millennium Falcon flying through something that it'll barely make it. Let's just do that for the rest of the series. But come on, you guys. Well, what they it did. So uh, much hope. Like, the, write all three stories before you release The Force Awakens. Have an idea, at least, of how they're outlined. Yes. Don't just, like, wing it, you know, halfway through your, your solid. I mean, Force Awakens started off really good. Yeah. And halfway through, it just falls apart. 
Which which part is that? Is it when Harrison when it, when it turns into a new over? hope? <laughs> when they have the third Death Star? <laughs> it's like, come on, you guys. Yes, that was ridiculous. And they blew it. It's like, you know what? If they were going to have a third Death Star, I'll say this. Don't destroy it. Keep it there. Have them win. That would have been interesting, you know, if you want to do that. And I forgave it for being a nostalgia film at the time because I'm like, you know what? Star Wars fans have been through a lot of shit. We just want something that's familiar. Okay, that's just fine. Uh, I'll accept this. But then, oh. Yeah, I think we all did that. After, you know, after after they completely fucked it up, you know, and, and, and Rise of Skywalker. I don't know what's worse, Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker. I think they're both equally terrible in their own way. Rise of Skywalker. Oh, you mean Space Goonies? Is, is that I've never <sighs> seen Goonies? The little confession really? of mine. Yeah, I, oh, I, I, there's a lot of '80s movies. I yeah, just no, never dude, it's Rise of Skywalker is absolutely Space Goonies. You have to go watch Space Goonies now. <laughs> or do you, you mean the Goonies? Original, yeah. The original Goonies, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Just, it's just so ridiculous. You know what? Now I want to see Goonies for the first oh, time. It's a fantastic in my life. movie. Yeah, I've never wanted to see it, but now I want to see it. I just want to see it just to see how Rise of Skywalker is like Goonies. Oh, oh dude, my. there's it's it is. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Um, but yeah, but, but I, I guess I'm mentioning all this stuff where it seems like I'm off topic because what it's happens no, with this? Uh, what happens with the sequel trilogy? Why are we talking about it being? Oh yeah, because Dave Filoni writes something like Star Wars Rebels that cleans up that mess, and he's writing like all these new shows where we're even seeing it in The Mandalorian, where he's essentially kind of ta- showing how the First Order came to being. They show mm-hmm. the cloning facility. Yeah, inside the millionth Imperial base that they infiltrated in the show, you know, on the episode that Carl Weathers directed, uh, which do you know the name of his character? I can, I just call him Carl Weathers the whole time. Uh, I, I forget. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like yeah. But I mean, you really got to give Filoni credit for that because, you know, the, the having Emperor Palpatine just show up out of fucking nowhere and I guess it was because he was actually a clone and he had like all those like clones of Snoke in, in little tubes because clearly uh, J.J. Abrams no didn't sense. think they were going to kill off Snoke as if he was a joke. Yeah. And, you know, with Disney keeping such, you know, cl- a close eye on all these productions, you know, with... Uh, Rogue One and all these other films where they hired directors and rehired them. Like if you remember what they did with with the Han Solo film, which is just beyond me why they even made that. They they had uh, 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 two. They had the guys who made the Lego Movie and also were involved in Spider Man: The Spider Verse. Like these guys really know what they're doing, and she fired them with probably the only two people who can make solo work and replace them with Ron Howard, who's like the most generic Oscar winning director you can think of. And you would think with the last Jedi, she would have looked at that script and said, what the fuck is this? I don't think (laughs) her job is to look at scripts. (laughs) Well, whoever (laughs) looks at the creative. I don't think she actually looks at any of this stuff before it gets okayed by her. 
Honestly. But like, how do they keep changing directors and stories then? You know, with those movies, but yet they did nothing with the Last Jedi. Like it's just, it just mind-boggling how that happened. I mean, they must have really liked Ryan Johnson on a personal level or something. I don't know. Um, but then you have Filoni, who right now with the Mandalorian is 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 introducing the idea of how Palpatine could have become a clone. How, and we're talking about how the empire is rising up to become the first order and he's already cleaning up the mess of the sequel trilogy and star wars rebels in a lot of ways that one luckily wasn't cleaning up any messes but it was building upon something that he made that brings a certain amount of weight to this new expanded universe because we're seeing the evolution of Ahsoka Tano. We are seeing sort of the last remnants of the clones. Uh, yeah, we, we have these new phenomenal characters. Ezra Bridger is how George Lucas should have written a child Anakin Skywalker, where Ezra's a little obnoxious. He's a little kind of um, uh, kind of headstrong you know, where he doesn't listen to anyone else, but he has uh, a tremendous amount of honor uh, inside of him. And he will go to the ends of the earth to help you out. And and he was played wonderfully, wonderfully by Taylor Gray. And, you know, of course, we have uh, Canon Jarrus played by Freddie Prince Jr., which I had no idea that was him. It's so weird to see Freddie Prince Jr. today because Freddie, I, I remember him like when I was a little kid and he was like, you know, this heartthrob and, you know, I know what you did last summer and all that. Now, all of a sudden, yeah. he's this old Jedi like. Oh my God, I'm so fucking old. He's, <laughs> he's fantastic as Kanan. He's so good. Like, I, I, did, I didn't even know that that was Freddie Prince Jr. until today. I looked it all up. Did, there's on a IMDb, and oh, dude, it blew my mind. I was just like, really, this dude? There's a great this rom-com, funny, you know, teenage movie, dude, and it, you know, Kanan is not a funny dude. Like he's pretty serious all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? You can't really get Kanan to crack a smile, you know. And the th- the thing is, is there's this there's this great video you got to check out. Just just Google uh, or YouTube Freddie Prince Jr. Star Wars, and there's this whole profanity laced video from him explaining how George Lucas told him how Darth Maul was destined to fail. And how Star Wars is written for children and how adults need to understand what the actual thematic elements of it are because George fucking Lucas told me this. Yeah. It's a it's it's a great video. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh but who were like kind of your favorite characters when we go down the list of uh of memorable cast here? Oh man, Kanan is probably at the top. Yeah, I just, I love his character. You know, some extremely, well, I mean, we can spoil it. it extremely terrible things happen to him. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> he, gets, he gets blinded by Maul. Yeah. You know, he makes the ultimate sacrifice for everybody yeah. towards the end of the series. Oh, dude, he's just amazing. 
Yeah. Sec- second, I'd have to say Sabine. Yeah, he's a memorable Jeez. Jedi. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of, but you know what he kind of reminded me of is a he's a he's a mixture of Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. So a little bit of like the main character from Spaceballs, you know? <laughs> where you know he he he's a grizzled old well yeah grizzled or or if you really want to not talk about Spaceballs because you know we're, uh, talk about um, Kyle Katan from the uh, Dark Forces uh, games. You know this is a guy who was uh, an ex Jedi. Shit went wrong, so he kind of became a mercenary. You know, and then at a certain point, he becomes a Jedi again. And that's sort of where we find uh, Kanan in the show was he's this guy where shit happened to him. And like you said, these are characters where we don't know their backstory, but eventually we find it out. And it's fascinating when we find it out. But immediately when we meet them, we love them. Yeah, I mean, you, you have Zeb, who's played by uh, Steve Blum, where initially, you know, he's just kind of this jokey, tough guy, uh, you know, with this cool British accent. And but eventually it's we kind of play a Wookiee out. that can talk. Yeah, a Wookiee with intelligence. It's, yeah, Well, Wookiees are intelligent, actually. It's just, yeah. you know, just speaks yeah. English. Speaks yes, common. exactly. He speaks common. <clears throat> exactly. Um, and then, yeah, we have Agent Callus, who is a imperial officer who winds up becoming a rebel uh you know sort of a turncoat but that's because and, and he was someone who i i could i just can't stop thinking about the design they gave for him because he looks like a dude who smokes a lot of pot right. and he's like this like i just expect him to just be fucking like you know, doing a ball and, uh, you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn walks to the room. He's like, oh, shit. He just, like, puts the ball away. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, let's see. So, so, and then, of course, they bring back Darth Maul, you know, from, because they kind of bring him back in Clone Wars. And then he has his final arc in Rebels, yeah. which. Uh, yeah, they bring him back and then they end him, which is amazing. Yeah. That that final scene with Maul is uh, unbelievably perfect and heartbreaking all at the same time. Like seriously. Well, you expect this huge. I, I loved it. Yeah, you expect this huge fight to happen, and instead, it's just like two hits. He's dead. Because, like Freddie Prince Jr. said in that video, uh, he's always destined to fail. So he's had all this contempt against Obi Wan Kenobi. He even killed his ex girlfriend in front of him, expecting you know Kenobi to finally snap. And to Obi Wan's credit, he doesn't. He just looks sad. You know, he could have been like, he could have been like Anakin and just completely lost his shit, but he didn't. And when 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 uh, Maul thinks he's finally got Kenobi. He's finally going to kill him. He just gets his ass handed to him in like like yeah. less than two hits. Three seconds. <laughs> yeah. Literally three seconds. And that that is that's honestly how that should have gone. Yeah. You know, Maul, Maul was just going to walk into that fight with all of his rage, all amped up. Obi-Wan has been waiting for him for 15 years or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like Obi-Wan's just, he, he was just ready. Yeah. yeah. And he, he was ready since the last time that he faced Maul, he knew exactly what was going to happen, no matter what Maul did. Yeah, what's like? We're, I'm just we're we're not going to play anymore. We're you know I'm just going to end this and I'm going to watch you die and it's <laughs> going to be a finale and you're, it's over. 
and he still gave him a level of empathy that he never had to. I mean, the guy killed his fucking ex-girlfriend, you know, and threw him in a prison. I would have chopped his head off just for fun, you know, and then played yeah, with his was. horns. All right, this I mean, he he kills him, but he lets like Maul dies peacefully. Yeah. <laughs> he holds him it's, in his arms. Yep. He did baby Maul. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, he was kind of a little baby in the end. Because that's the thing about Darth Maul. Darth Maul always talks a lot of shit, but he always gets his ass kicked. Like Obi-Wan kicks his ass twice. Uh, and then Ahsoka kicks his ass. So, like, dude, you got to chill out. I mean, he is a definition of why maybe the dark side could be weaker instead of stronger. Yes, because it, it, it's a bit like if you – when you have a – let's say you're at a job, right? And you have one person at a job who is calm, cool, and collected. And when there's a lot of chaos going around them, if they have a cool head, they can get the job done. But you have the other guy at the job, you know, who's who's doing a line of coke and he's going crazy and he can't handle all the stress, and, ah! you know, and he just fucks it all up. You know, the calm guy is going to get the job done. And that's that's sort of a Darth Maul sort of arc there. Um, and so how do you think uh, uh, this show expands the universe of Star Wars? Mostly by explaining and literally showing you the magic portion of the force, you know, with the, with the sisters and, you know, the, the second time they go to the temple, you know, it's just, you know, Yoda's vision, you know, yeah. all these things, like there, there were so many questions about what the hell the force was like, is it the chlorians is it all around us? Is it, what is, what is it? But like, they actually delve into that, the magic part of it, which is pretty fantastic actually. And, and very, like, quote-unquote, ballsy of Filoni to even do that. Mm. There's a lot of Star, Star Wars fans that are old, like me, are like, what? <laughs> Why are you telling us? Yeah. Why are you giving us this magic crap? You know, what, what is all this with these three sisters? And, all, you know, what the hell is going on? And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, they, they just, they just, they don't, you know, unapologetically just give it to you. It's like, this is what it is. The Bendu character, voiced by... Uh, was it the fourth Doctor Who, Tom Baker? Solid, um, by the way. Yeah, um, that, that, I don't know if they could ever do anything like that in The Mandalorian, but I would love to see it. <laughs> you remember the, the Bendu character, the huge creature that Kanan finds? Oh, the wolf? Uh, it's not a wolf. Oh, it's like a, oh it's like yes, a huge, yes. It's I remember just, the, I don't know the gigantic floating guy. Yeah, it's like a mountain that yeah. Thrawn ends up killing. Yes. Yeah, that, that that is some that is some stuff that like live action Star Wars. I don't know if it, it you could have never do that shit in live action. It, and, and it it was, I don't know. It's just kind of amazing. Yes. Uh, so essentially, I, I'm trying to remember. Like, was he the Force, or was he just like, a, well, not the Force, but was he like a culmination of it? I'm trying to. It's been so long since I saw that episode. I, I, I mean, I just watched it today, and it still isn't super clear. As to yeah. what he was, I think he was just like a part of the force. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. It's not. It's not really clear. <laughs> it's like a, mm. a part of the. And he said that Kanan's visit to, I forgot where they were. Uh, like woke him up, so he'd been sleeping for a long, long time. Obviously, you're thinking way before the Clone War started, he's been asleep and 
you know, maybe they're hinting towards Knights of the Old Republic. I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're doing. It could be. Just, I, to, just to have that character exist. Yes. Was, is pretty fantastic. Yeah. It's a, it was literally a fantastic beast. There's a mm-hmm. good pun. That was a mm-hmm. bad pun. Uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't see how they could put something like that in a live action Star Wars show without it being just completely ridiculous yeah you know with a cartoon you can get away with cartoony elements i believe the clone wars actually got into what george lucas wanted to do with the sequel trilogy which was to get into the world of the metachlorians with these things called the wills and Mm -hmm. the clone wars had an episode where yoda enters you know the world of the force and he has to take a test where he fights this evil version of himself and it actually gets into what these metachlorians are in this whole metaphysical world beyond worlds which is actually a name of one of the episodes in rebels i think it was called the world beyond worlds or uh, something like that and it was this place in star wars where you actually could travel essentially to like the fifth dimension and go into any point in time it's time travel Mm -hmm. Uh, you can go into any point in time and pull someone out of there you know which is when uh, ezra sees ahsoka fighting darth vader and he pulls her out of that essentially saving her life when vader killed her but aside from that you can't really change the past you know you you can't change the way things are they're they're set and meant to be in a certain way and there's a wonderful touching moment where ezra realizes he can't change the fate of canaan mm-hmm. he can't change the fate of his parents and it's a wonderful message about how in life there are certain things we want to change, but we can't. We must move forward. It's part of growing up. And that's what essentially the show is telling children. It's like, we need to grow up. We need to accept the life that is in front of us, embrace it, and hold on to it because it's what we have. And if there's one thing I absolutely loved about this show is – you know, all these Star Wars movies are about essentially extended family outside of your bloodline where blood really isn't thicker than water. Yep. The people, it's the, it's, uh, although I guess George Lucas could argue that, you know, with the whole Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader thing, but it's really the people that you get to know, the people who are your friends who help you out during the toughest of time. Uh, and that's the, the, the family that Ezra forms uh, inside this little ship that everyone uh, is in, in Rebels. And you really feel like you're part of that family. And there's just this wonderful emotional connection between everyone that I feel is much stronger in that show than in the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars has this great, you know, universe building and actually bringing actual toll to the war. But the actual true sense of family and connection, even if it's a little uh, uh, sentimental at the time, is highly effective in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so, yeah, I mean, was there a particular episode that really stood out to you? Yeah, definitely. It's got to be uh, 
Well, I mean, it's a two-parter. Most of these episodes are two-parters. Yeah. Twilight of the Apprentice. Hmm. I believe the second season finale. Uh, I'm that's, trying to remember what happened in that one. Is well, that the one where, where he gets where uh, Kading is blinded? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Everything. Everything happens in this one. Ezra finds Maul. Yeah. Uh, Maul ends up blinding Kanan. Ahsoka fights Vader, which you just mentioned. We see in a future episode, you know, Ezra comes back in time through the temple and like saves her from that fight, which spoiler alert, she's okay. <laughs> well, um, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's it's one of the very it's one of the few times when you're gonna hear Matt Lanter speak Ahsoka's name as yeah. Darth Vader. And that is just so powerful that moment when they're fighting. She cracks his helmet and she can see him. She can see Anakin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, Anakin's dead. Yeah. <clears throat> and like when he says Ahsoka, there's a little bit of Anakin kind of reaching out, asking her for help in mm-hmm. a way. You know, it's yeah, like kind this, of a hard This is your chance moment. to end me, is what you could see in his eyes. Or at least that's yeah. what I got, got from it. Like, this is your chance. You can kill me and end my suffering. Yeah, I guess in a way, yeah, because he kind of had a dual personality all along, you know, that he kind of kept buried deep inside. You know, that was the good in him that was still there, despite murdering a lot of kids. Yeah, I mean, Darth Vader Vader continually saying, you know, I killed Anakin Skywalker. I get like he knows that he's Anakin Skywalker. He's not a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know. yeah, that, that episode, those episodes are fantastic. And that's when they find the Sith holocron at the Sith mm-hmm. temple and just, you know, shit just goes bad for the whole group after that. Now I was always confused what this holocron did. It like kind of, it's like a GPS to where all the Jedi are or something like that. That, I mean, that's what they made it. In yeah. What's in, when they, when they gave us space goonies. Yeah. That's what they took. That's what they turned it into. But it was basically, <laughs> it was like, it was a, it was a handheld library that had all the knowledge of the Sith. What that means exactly, I have no idea. I don't <laughs> think anybody knows what that means. But yeah. it was just basically like a handheld library or like a like a cellular phone, <laughs> you know, that we have in our pocket today. It's like, oh, let me punch this up. And I, you, know, you could just look up anything that you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and again, it's like something that wasn't really explained. You know, they, they, they do use it in um, that final sequel movie which is <laughs> space goonies i can't even say it anymore it's space goonies Ugh. but and, and, yeah they just don't really explain what the heck it is but that's from what i get from it it's just like a little library that has all the yeah knowledge of the sith in it it's a MacGuffin that has all the stuff you need relating Pretty to much, jedi yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i you know what one of my uh one of my favorite uh episodes and it's not really for the entire episode. Honestly, I think I might be with you, which is those last two episodes, that two-parter for season two had like fucking everything in it. Like they had the Inquisitors, just, they had Darth yep. Maul, they yep. had the the Space MacGuffin. Uh, they Vader's, had- Vader's most spectacular entrance when he's standing on top of his TIE fighter and lowering, like the TIE fighter's lowering him into the the Sith temple chamber to fight Ezra. Yeah. That, that scene is unbelievable. Like <laughs> serious. That the scene from Rogue One 
doesn't yeah. do, does it doesn't even come close. Yeah, it would be amazing to see that shit in live action. I, 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 Darth oh. Vader standing on top of his Tie Fighter advanced with his red light lightsaber drawn, just slowly descending into the darkness of the. Oh my goodness, dude! That is such a great scene. It, it needs to be made into live action. <laughs> that would be fucking incredible. Yeah. All right, that's when that's when I fully geek out. I I geeked out when they like that during Mandalorian when Boba Fett got his armor back and he just fucking like murders like 20 stormtroopers yep. 20 to 30 stormtroopers in like <laughs> 20 seconds yeah. you know yeah that's 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 what we've been waiting 35 years to see yeah you know? because like, like we've the- never seen fucking boba fett ever do anything you know he could have just come on camera and be like hey guys and we would be like ah yeah. but no, like last finally, time we saw him, he got knocked into a pit by accident. <laughs> yeah, like a fucking punchline. Yeah. And here it's like because Boba Fett always looked cool, but we never saw him do anything cool. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, he was a little kid in Clone Wars trying to kill Mace Windu and shit, but like here, Boba Fett just fucking tears ass yeah. and he just murders people like it's not like he shoots the fucking i've watched that scene where he just like murders the stormtroopers so many times i can't even remember that's pretty YouTube. fantastic yeah yeah I, it was directed by robert rodriguez and it has robert rodriguez written all over it because yeah. yeah, rodriguez scene from, knows from how what to kill I read, people in style yeah from what i read that scene was not in the script really and he just like yeah <laughs> he just he was just like this is what we're giving you <laughs> yeah if i was robert rodriguez i'd be like no 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 you guys hired me i'm gonna yeah. do my thing with it you know it's like i mean he, he i mean robert rodriguez is the guy who made uh uh machete where fucking there's a scene where machete takes like a guy's intestines and uses it as a rope to jump into another window he made a movie where like a chick like fucking loses her leg and attaches like a gun to replace her leg with a gun like he knew how to introduce boba fett and that was great because like he swoops down out of frame fucking backhands a stormtrooper and then, like, fucking, like, shoots, like, an explosive, blows a bunch of them up. Then he, like, fucking takes another stormtrooper and just, like, puts him, like, in a fucking chokehold. And then punches a rocket into him. <laughs> uh, that, that was amazing. When he punch, when he rocket punches that dude, that was, that's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could have done without, like, the, there's a little bit of slapstick towards the end of that scene that I could have done without. But overall, it's... It's pretty solid. I don't know. That was all great. Uh, you mean when he <laughs> says I was supposed to hit the other one? <laughs> yeah, Boba Fett doesn't crack wise. I'm sorry. He Flip did make that. another wise crack in the episode after that. He's like, let's just say they'd, rec- they'd recognize my face. Yeah. Eh, whatever. That's. I mean, that's not really a wise crack. That's like 100% true because there's, you know, millions of people look exactly like him. Like, well, hey, I know you. <laughs> they used to. But yeah, it is, it is used in like a silly context. Yeah, they yeah, used have, to be have, around. There's no longer clones. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he shot the fucking one ship and it just collided into the other shit. I can't believe that shit wasn't in the script. You would think like we do, they do that. Man, thank God that Robert Rodriguez directed that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's some. What's like your so that's your favorite badass moment in Rebels is Darth Vader on top of the Tie Fighter. I think there was an episode in Rebels, I remember, where Darth Vader 
I think he like destroyed like two ATATs by himself or something like that. I can't entirely remember what it was, but it was a pretty uh, spectacular uh, moment of uh, spectacle to just use the same word again. Um, yeah, and, the, and, and speaking of Vader, like he, he is the first image you see when, when you put up season one, episode mm-hmm. one of the show, and he's, he's got the first, first lines and it's just like, okay, that's where the show is. It's like this, you know, the show is focusing on him as like the main bad guy and just yeah. kind of going off from there. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And they actually introduced, they do show Palpatine in the show, but I love the way they show because Palpatine is 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 luring Ezra and he's showing himself in the image of the way he used to be before he uh deformed his own face. Yeah. Uh you know, where you know he comes off like the good old, you know, cheery, kind, good hearted senator. So Hello, Sarfodius. Yes. How you doing? I'm a yes. guy. <laughs> Come on, Ezra. Your family's over there. Go to them. You know, and then immediately they break the images. Ah, you know. <laughs> um, they do a great job of handling each villain in that show. My God, how could I not mention villains without mentioning the villain that many Star Wars fans have known about through the expanded universe, and that is Grand Admiral Thrawn, yeah. played by uh, Lars Mikkelsen. Uh, Thrawn is—they did a—I—they I, did a wonderful job, sort of showing how he's a threat and where he doesn't have force powers. He's not, you know, some huge badass backflipping sort of guy. He's just cool, calm, and calculated, and he outsmarts everyone. I mean, he could be almost as smart as the emperor, you know. Uh, and I am, and now, as we know, with the Mandalorian, there was that line from Ahsoka Tano when she was. Uh, uh, fighting, I can't remember the character's name, uh, but she she essentially demanded the whereabouts of Grand Admiral Thrawn, and the way Rebels ends, it almost seemed like he was dead, but it kind of left it open to interpretation because yeah. it's, it's Star Wars, you know. I mean, I would think getting sucked through the vacuum of space and hyperspace could kill you, but we don't know nah. where they jump to in hyperspace. He's fine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you can have an elderly woman floating around space, mm-hmm. you know, after being, after having the uh, cockpit that she's sitting in get blown up and survive, uh, Ezra and Thrawn can easily survive yeah. this thing. Yeah. And Maul but, can survive if Leia can survive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're chopped in half, uh, and thrown down a pit where, honestly, the, the distance and where he fell, you would just think he just would have looked like, you know, paste. <laughs> uh, one, one bonus is that he was cut in half with a lightsaber, so he was, you know, immediately cauterized. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> it's Star Wars. But if you have a broken heart, you die. 
Yeah, yeah that's the one exception in Star Wars. If you have a broken heart, you die. <laughs> I always thought it was because Darth Vader collapsed her lungs or something, you know, when he choked her. But no, I guess it, that would have made sense. Yeah, that would have made more sense. Like if they said she can't breathe, so I'm like, no, but it was broken heart. Fucking George Lucas. I, I mean, I'm happy for the world you gave us, but Jesus, dude, really. Uh, but Thrawn, wh- what are your thoughts on his introduction to this show? And how I think he was it was fantastic, especially for like people that have known Star Wars lore. You know, you, you if you made it through the entirety of the Clone Wars and the sequels and the prequels and you're like still no Thrawn, are you kidding me? And then they finally give it to you in yeah. Rebels mm-hmm. and they give you a good, solid version of the man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I think it's pretty I think it's pretty awesome, actually. And I'm, was... I'm still predicting that we're going to see him in Mandalorian. I think so, too. I think you know, I, I mean, I honestly think we Filoni is not going to drop the ball on that. Like he's gonna show up at some point. <laughs> um, like it's it's Filoni's throne, mm-hmm. so he's gonna he's gonna be there. Do you think he'll be played by Mickelson, or do you think they'll have? I a... honestly, I hope so. I really do. Yeah, I would he, be fine he, with that. He's got the face structure, <laughs> and yeah. he's he's already got the history. Like he knows what like he knows what people want when they say throne. So yeah. He, he would be a good choice. Uh, alternatively, mm-hmm. I don't think this would happen, although uh, he did say he was offered a role in The Force Awakens or something like that, and, and, did it, or, and it didn't work out for some reason. It would be Michael Fassbender as Grand Admiral Thrawn. That would be, oh, my God, that would be so good. Just don't make it better to Cumberbatch. He already played, yeah. you know, Khan. We don't need Khan and Thrawn, you know. <laughs> uh, but I, I always, but Thrawn is intimidating in that show because he's so. Like, you ever meet someone who's so calm? It kind of sends a a chill down your spine. Yeah, that's sort of what Thrawn's like. He is the overseer of everything. If Thrawn was in charge of the Death Star, it would have never blown up. Mm-hmm. You know, he would have. He would have saw that that little opening and told them you know to take care of it All right. um and put a, fence. I, put a fence on that yeah put rail put a railing there for those guys set up a trap is what he'd do yeah, you know totally. when they think it's towards the end it would just shoot a fucking laser and kill them all and luke would be dead he'd have guns on the end like the internal part of it, just yeah. waiting for ships to show up. Like, go ahead, fly in here, you fucking idiots. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, they, they'd be fucking toast, like, instantly if Thrawn was in charge. <laughs> I, 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 that's, I mean, I love the way Lars Mikkelsen very calmly voices the character. You know? <laughs> and, exactly how it should be. Yes. I mean, that's exactly how he should sound. Because that's how we always imagined him sounding when when we read the novels i didn't read the novels but i'm aware of them you know and uh, thrawn you know is exactly like that and i love the little church organ that they play when he's introduced you know <laughs> it's it's almost like he's this this holy evil sort of devilish figure and all he is is just this thin blue guy in an imperial suit. 
but it's just uh, but i just love the fact that he's someone who's just intelligent and he can fight he he fights i think the dark troopers in one scene and beats them with his bare fists you know so he's got the bronze too yeah but i don't know i'm not oh god i just thought of something weird i'm not gonna say it. i'll say it after the podcast I was thinking of I was thinking of Grand Admiral Thrawn porn. All right. Oh yikes! Yeah, you can you can hold off on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that struck my head. Maybe I'm gay for him. Who knows? Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, of course not. Um, well, how do you think? Um, you know, now that we're seeing this show, The Bad Batch, coming up. You know, this was essentially a group of people who were uh, these clone troopers that kind of formed their own kind of, you know, A-team or Magnificent Seven or Seven Samurai, if you really want to go to the uh, genesis of every, you know, team-up badassery film. Uh, How do you think the Bad Batch will connect towards Rebels? Towards, I think it's going to use a lot of the same characters. I honestly mm-hmm. think that Thrawn is going to be your main bad guy again. Ah. He's, he's he, I mean. Yeah. I think uh, he's around for a while. I wonder if yeah, we'll see how he dies in The Mandalorian down the line or if it's going to be through Ahsoka. No, it's going to be through Ahsoka's show. He's, we're going to see that. Um, probably, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I'm fairly excited for the Bad Batch. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they bring the same kind of magic that they had with Rebels. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, but, I mean, they, they, the Bad Batch was introduced in the final season of The Clone Wars, and that mm-hmm. is honestly like some of the best Star Wars available. <laughs> yes. Especially those last four episodes of The Clone Wars. They just Oof, gripping throw everything at you. Yeah, unapologetically, and it's just absolutely fantastic. They make you feel the tragedy of Order sixty six that Episode three sort of failed to show the tragedy of, you know. Uh, But I I am I think you'll see kind of how these old grizzled sort of clones that are a relic of the past wind up where they are, and you'll sort of see their friendship really develop. And I mean, just from the preview alone, we've seen Grand Admiral Tarkin in it. And he was also in Clone Wars, a bit a younger version of him. And even and one interesting thing was with Clone Wars, like when Tarkin knew Anakin, he uh, he was always he was calm and, 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 and could think ahead of Anakin, which is probably why he was the CEO above him in Star Wars. You know, because George didn't think about all that stuff then. I'm not going to fault him for that one. Um, if, if the writers were to learn anything from Rebels, what do you think it would be? Like, what do you think they'll learn from other shows, from the writing from this show? Um, I don't know. That's, that's, that's a good question. I think, I, I don't know. I think yeah. they're going to they're gonna know to not give us so much filler. I'm hoping, <laughs> even though the same writers are giving us filler with Mandalorian, it's excused. It's okay. It is what it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but with like with the Clone Wars specifically, like they're like the first season is absolutely throwaway. You know, the, yeah. The first yeah. half of the second season, pretty much throwaway. But the yeah. majority of the rest of it, 
is some solid storytelling leading up until the ending, which, like I just said, is like some of the best Star Wars that you're ever going to see. Yeah. Last, those last four or five episodes or so. Yeah. I think, uh, if anything, from Rebels, you can learn how to introduce a character in a show. Something I think they did learn with the Mandalorian that they learned with Rebels. Because with Rebels, immediately you start with the Star Destroyer and bam, you cut to Darth Vader's face on this holocron, or was that the name of the MacGuffin thing? On this hologram, and it's sort of reminiscent of when Darth Vader saw the Emperor on the hologram and the Empire Strikes Back, this time with the role sort of reversed. And they kind of said, well, how's it, you know, this is a great way we introduced this show with Rebels. Here's a great way we could introduce this show with the Mandalorian. And of course, it opened like a Western where he comes into a bar, shoots a guy, chops him in half with the door. And, yeah, it was pretty awesome. And immediately, uh, this is like, I just thought this is the Star Wars I've been waiting for, you know, for like well, they, 30 years. <laughs> they, did, they did a fantastic job of introducing new characters in the show, yeah. but they also did a fantastic job of reintroducing old characters. Mm. Like, like we've just been talking about Thrawn, like everybody who's deep in the knowledge of Star Wars knows that character and they gave us a great version of him. They, they brought back Saw Gerrera, a solid version. Yeah. You know, they, they have, you know, Bail Ogana shows up. Mm -hmm. He's whatever, you know, Yoda's in there, Sinfio's <laughs> in there. Yeah. But it's like, you know, re, re, reintroducing us to old characters and giving us like not even more backstory, but just like more personality. Yeah. That's that's been like one of the highlights of this show. Yeah. And it's it's such a wonderful point that you bring up because it did do such a great job of sort of expanding the universe and bringing in stuff that people knew about from the EU. Ooh, excuse me. Through the through the expanded universe that uh a lot of people don't know about, and it didn't feel like blatant fan service. It actually uh, uh, did well for the story. And now we're seeing it with the Mandalorian where mm -hmm. we're bringing in these characters from, and these other elements from parts of star Wars that Disney essentially originally threw out. They said, well, we're not going to worry about that expanded universe stuff. We're going to do our own thing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we saw Kathleen Kennedy shit the bed with the prequel or with the sequels. And that's when, you know, they said, okay, let's bring in some of that stuff all those other incredibly talented people wrote and put on, uh, you put in video games and, 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 put and, in. and bring in, like, bringing back the voice actors for, you know, the characters that they, I don't want to say creative, but they like gave life to in mm -hmm. like Rogue One. You know, Saw Gerrera comes back, and you're just like, "Are you kidding me?" Like Saw Gerrera is in Rebels, really? Like, yeah, he's there. And guess who's the voice? Yeah, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, they they <laughs> had some it's... huge stars in this: James Earl Jones, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker, Ian McDermott uh, returning as. Oh, he's not a huge star, but, but in terms of Star Wars, he's a huge star, and he's a huge star in my heart. I love you, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Rubens. What? What was in the show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paul yeah, I, I, what? I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Well, who he was Paul Rubens? Himself. I'm not, I'm not 
positive, but he's on the. Oh my God. I got to look this up. Okay. He's on the cast list. My Google brain. All right. Paul Rubens. Here we go. I'm going to look this up, Paul. Uh, I feel like uh, Jamie on Joe Rogan's show. Now, Jamie, right. pull that up. <laughs> Paul Rubens, Mandalore, not Mandalorian, <laughs> uh, Rebels. But yeah, this is, yeah, it's incredible. The, uh, the, oh, he voices RX24. Oh, there you uh, go. Nice. Who's RX24 again? <laughs> Guest on a robot. I have no idea. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, what's it like when George Clooney showed up on South Park just to bark like a dog? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's the best usage of a celebrity ever. I, I guess, like, they try to get Jerry Seinfeld to do a similar thing, and his agent's like, you can't do this. This is, this is yeah. you know, Jerry Seinfeld. Blah, 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 blah. What, a, but, what, am I, what am I, a joke to you guys? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's you know, exactly it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah, dude. The, 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 that's how you know that George Clooney's a cool guy and Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> isn't as cool as George Clooney. Right. You know, because George Clooney's like, oh, I get paid money just to show up and park like it. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> like, that'd be fun. And then he actually showed up in the South Park movie as well and was given a couple lines uh, when Kenny's heart blows up because they replaced it with a with a potato uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh god you know and then jerry seinfeld's like oh i'm not gonna do that and this isn't a joke it's like dude you're a fucking comedian and you don't have I'm a sense of humor that's so weird just watch my show yeah yeah don't you know who i am now, i remember when he like went on fucking larry king and you know larry king thought his show was canceled and he's like it wasn't my show wasn't canceled have you done your research don't you? and i'm just like oh god like wow. I get, he was joking, but at the same time, he was definitely pulling the whole "Don't you know who I am? I'm famous. I'm hot shit" kind of thing. <laughs> and at that moment, I'm like, mm, Jerry Seinfeld's kind of a cunt. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Uh, maybe he's a cool guy. Maybe I shouldn't call him a cunt. Uh, but you know, I think a lot of people can learn stuff from the have learned stuff with the way Rebels has been written and. I think we haven't seen as many writing credits from Filoni on the Mandalorian and he's been more of an executive producer because he's I'm hopefully I'm going to guess he's writing Obi-Wan Kenobi, which mm-hmm. imagine Dave Filoni because uh, uh, writing something that because the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing isn't a show it's a miniseries. He's going to write something without filler. It's going to be amazing. You Let's know, hope. And, and well, the th- and Dave Filoni, he wasn't perfect initially. You know, he had his, I mean, I'm surprised Disney gave him as many chances as he did, or I should say 20th Century Fox, when they were Fox at the time, uh, because that Clone Wars movie was not good, to put it yeah. mildly. And mm. the first season of the Clone Wars was terrible. The first half of the second season completely forgettable but somewhere along the way he just just found his voice and provided the best star wars that we've seen that we've always wanted to see and uh yeah uh uh fire kathleen hire dave uh, <laughs> that's what i said hey kathleen sorry you had your chance uh but what are your thoughts now on sort of this whole Disney's expanded universe or their Marvel catalog of it, you know, because they need new shows or people are going to not subscribe. They can't, they're just going to keep subscribing for like two months, watch their Mandalorian and then unsubscribe. So I get why they're doing that. I'm a little worried to be honest. Yeah. 
you know, the, the Mandalorian has been pretty solid for the most part. You know, I'd say it's 75% awesome, you know, yeah. 25% filler and BS. Yeah. yeah. And if they're going to do that with every series that comes down the line, then I could honestly do without it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they're going to focus, like you're saying, on the Kenobi series and make it, you know, more of like a mini series or like a long movie or like a, a string of short or whatever they're doing like to focus on it and cut out the filler cool run yeah. with it but like I, I don't know if i need an ahsoka show i don't know if i need mm-hmm. a han solo show i don't know if i need a luke skywalker show or a c-3po show or mm-hmm. an r2d2 show or a wookie <laughs> show or you know where does it stop like i, yeah. I understand that we love this material and we want more of it but i don't want them to pump it out just to pump it out you know what i'm saying yes uh, like give me give, give me some quality give me don't do to us what you did to us with the clone wars and make us wait a season and a half before you get to the good stuff <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's what i feel like is going to come down the pipe you know they're, yeah. they're just going to be so spread out and you know if if one writing staff was writing on one series and they were focusing on one group of characters they, they were going to bring to life and bring us similar to what they're doing with the Mandalorian. I'd say, cool, but that's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're going to have 10 different series with 50 different characters and all. It's like, whoa, you guys got to slow down. Yeah. Like, for real. Did you learn nothing from the sequels? Did you learn nothing from the prequels? Are you learning nothing from Mandalorian? Like, slow the fuck down. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, that is sort of my concern with it i think that they're gonna use it as an excuse to just put in more filler with mm-hmm. any show that they make where you know they'll go oh well we'll we'll explain this in another show we'll introduce this character in this show and we'll we'll sprinkle a little bit in that show and it's like well why don't you just focus on a vision and that's why the mandalorian worked because it was this very clear vision as to what they wanted the show to be they wanted to make Firefly with a budget. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And even, uh, even The Mandalorian, even though it's, you know, highly acclaimed, like it, it has repeated itself already. Mm-hmm. You know, the Mudhorn episode and the, uh, what was it? The big, the Crate Dragon episode, same yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jawa episode, which was the second of the series, pretty much a throwaway episode. So it's like they've already like hit some stumbling block. At least in my mind, as obviously I'm not a 12 year old kid. Yeah. <laughs> who these, you know, Star Wars is geared towards, but it's like already they're like slipping a little bit before they get their traction. Yeah. So let's let's move it along. Like these, the last three episodes here of The Mandalorian have been absolutely fantastic. I have nothing against them. Mm, I didn't like the last one. That one felt like filler. I felt yeah, like. It did. I feel like they could have taken the elements of the episode where, uh, you know, they have the whole A team with, you know, Carl Weathers and soon to be fired Gina Carano. Uh, and they go into the base, you know, where they find the clones that they're making. They could have taken that element with the Bill Burr episode <laughs> and, mm. They could have had an episode that really kind of got into the lore of the man. Because I, I loved uh, uh, what's Bill Burr's character in it again. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, 
Man, yeah, I can't remember. Character. I don't know. Mayfeld. Migs sure. Mayfeld. Mayfeld. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they could have taken the Mayfeld character and his whole sort of discussion with Mandalorian about why does it matter if you take your helmet off, if you're wearing a, you know, wearing a stormtrooper helmet or your helmet, you know, everybody out here is struggling. It doesn't matter. They could have brought in all those kind of philosophical elements, brought in the cloning stuff, you know, with the A-team shootout stuff. And they could have put that all in one incredibly solid fourth episode. But instead, they're just like, okay, we're going to have this, you know, philosophical stuff about the meaning of being a Mandalorian stuff, which has already been kind of addressed in the series. And then we're just going to have another part where we infiltrate the third Imperial base in this, you know, eight episode per season show. And we're just, and we're going to have it have nothing to do with the last episode, which, you know, the last episode built us up so much with introducing Boba Fett and, you know, introducing uh, the, the child Grogu using, you know, his, his force powers for the dark side that Ahsoka warned us about. And then they're just like, no, 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 no. We're going to do another, uh, you know, uh, capture the base and blow it up episode. You know, and that's sort of where it repeats itself. And I'm worried now with this new expanded universe, with all of these shows that they're going to be doing a lot of that because Star Wars in the end, it's not Star Trek. It's not highly intelligent uh, cinema. You know, when Star Wars works, it works a million times better than Star Trek. But Star Trek, I will admit, I'm not a fan, but it it's more intelligent and it doesn't waste your time as much as Star Wars does. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of time wasters here. Uh, the Bad Batch, it might be okay. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I really need an entire show about these guys. Ahsoka? Um, I don't know. I feel like we kind of already got her story, didn't we? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, yeah. The Clone yeah. Wars and the Rebels and Mandalorian are the Ahsoka show. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have her story, or at least enough of it that I think that I want from those three properties uh kenobi i'm thrilled to see uh i just want to see ewan mcgregor in those boots again that's all (laughs) well i just i want to see the pain i want i hope that the kenobi isn't some crazy action thing and it's more of a drama that's what i want to see you know but i'm probably not going to get that you know that's asking for too much from star wars uh you know not everything can be empire I have no idea to what to expect from Kenobi. To be honest yeah. with you, like, is it just going to be him sitting in the in the cave, just really sad, and just right. thinking about Anakin and how he screwed up, <laughs> doing everything he can to forget about the robot that he knew when he was younger? <laughs> He's just like R two D two. Oh no, I got. I have to forget that. I have to forget R two D two somehow. He's just get. He just. <laughs> he's just he's getting on. drunk and forgetting <laughs> about him, smoking death sticks. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that would be a turn. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Obi-Wan's addicted to death sticks. He finally bought some death sticks. It's like, you told me I didn't want to buy death sticks. I changed my mind. <laughs> yes. Uh, what other show? Oh, yeah, they got the one on Andor shooty McShoot shoot from Rogue One. Eh, I don't know oh, yeah. why. Why? Rogue Squadron? Sure. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about most of these. I feel like they're 
Disney knows that they're gonna they're losing subscribers or they're going to, and they got to yeah. start pumping out material. And they're doing like you said what they're doing with the sequels. And I hope I'm proven wrong. I know Filoni's involved in them, but you know how much can the guy write? How much exactly. can he write until he's like, uh, I did it. I, I don't have anything else. <laughs> if, if it was him and his group of people focusing on one series, I would be excited. But yep. it's not that. It's a whole bunch of random people doing a whole bunch of random things. And I don't know, man. I'm worried. I'm a little worried. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but well, but the nice thing is, yeah, well, now that somebody owns it, you know, you could only fail upwards. <laughs> so uh, having said that, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, guys, check out Mandalorian if you haven't seen it. Uh, I, I'm sorry, the clone. There's so many Star Wars shows, I can't keep track of them now. Watch them all. Yeah, watch them all. Buy the toys. Uh, go check out uh, Star Wars Rebels. See the Clone Wars story. Seen Rebels. Just skip season one, half season two. They're crap. Um, and then check out uh, 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 Star Wars Rebels for some great Star Wars material. There's some filler in between. Don't you can hit fast forward through them if you want to and just get to the good stuff. Uh, okay, remember, uh, you could find uh, John over at Cinema Obscura. There will be a link to his stuff. You're still selling all that good Cinema Obscura stuff, right? I, I still have oh, your oh, yeah, I still got your face mask that I use from there. Oh, and that's awesome. Thank some you. people actually said they, they thought it was really cool too. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, if you if you yes. want to see like a lot of crazy sort of like independent, you know, underground film stuff, Cinema Obscura is your place to go. If I'm not mistaken, oh, never mind. I was going to say Sound of Metal was like initially a underground film, wasn't it? I don't think so. It just feels like it. Uh, <laughs> But no, check them out at Cinema Obscure. Of course, you can check me out at ypareviews.com. And the YPA stands for, you'll probably agree. Thanks a lot, everyone. And uh, we will see you later. We were meant to be Jedi so we could be here now. When Lothal needs us most. May the Force be with you.